0: Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the Reconciling Grace of Jesus Christ.
1: This is Pete Vecchi welcoming you to another episode of Reconciling Grace. And we are going to be in part two today of a topic called is anyone too far gone to be saved we have with us on the panel vicky cundiff and pastor mac don mcdonald don is with us remotely and vicky is here in studio and also in studio is the person who is leading this discussion mick wells so mick i'm just gonna
2: let you take it away okay thanks pete um In our first program we talked about uh, people who believe that they can't be saved because of the sinful lifestyle that they've led and you listeners you may know of people hopefully you're not one of them but we concluded from looking at the Word of God various scriptures that we can't do things so bad that God would turn us away he doesn't lose patience with us in fact to the contrary Uh, The Scripture says he's very patient, and he desires that all people become saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And we looked at some Scriptures, too, about uh, can we be assured of our salvation? Because, you know, if we put our faith and our outlook in in feelings, then I'm going to be saved one day and not saved the next. Feelings will confuse you. They'll mislead you. I I believe they're actually used by the enemy of our soul, Satan, to uh, suggest to us that we're unacceptable to God or that we've done something so bad God could never save us. So some of the scriptures we shared last time about we can be assured that we have salvation, we, we talked about the Holy Spirit testifying with our own spirit. If we've, if we've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for our salvation, God himself in the person of the Holy Spirit living within us testifies with our spirit. And if we don't feel saved, we still need to look at uh, the word that says his spirit will testify with ours that we are children of God. A couple scriptures uh, to finish up the thought of assurance of salvation. These are the words of Jesus. You can take this to the bank. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus says, he who believes has eternal life. Now there it is from Christ himself. We can have assurance of our salvation because Jesus, who is the truth, says truly, I say to you, that he who believes has eternal life. We don't need to doubt it. Another comforting scripture along the lines of assuring us of our salvation, Ephesians 4.30 tells us, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. God wants to take us home and uh, to live in eternity with him. So sealed for the day of redemption, the day when we receive our glorified bodies and live with with Jesus forever. So the key here is to be assured that you have salvation regardless of how you feel. Now, we have an enemy of our soul. I believe I mentioned that in the last uh, program. And so it stands to reason that doubts can come into our mind, sometimes feelings of condemnation, and we talked last time that God is not one to condemn us. Uh, We've passed from death unto life. Uh, He has all kinds of wonderful things for us, and it's not his nature to condemn us, but Satan, the enemy of our souls, the enemy of God, too, uh, will try to convince us that we're not saved or can't be saved. He has a field day if we let him. Uh, Vicki, would you share with us the scripture, Revelation twelve nine,
0: And the great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the world. He was hurled down to earth and his angels with him.
2: Now, what was Satan termed there that you read? Deceiver, right? That doesn't sound like he's out to build up any Christians. No. Nope. He's out to tell them... Uh, just the opposite. Uh, he's the deceiver of the whole world, and uh, he's at odds with God. And according to the scripture here, he was hurled down to the earth and, and his angels, which we often call fallen angels, mm-hmm. uh, with him. So consistent with his character, another part of Revelation 12, verse 9, I've asked
3: Don to share with us. The accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. Now, he's not only a deceiver. This part of the scripture says
2: what? He's a what? Accuser. Accuser. An accuser. Yeah. And um, to my knowledge, he's got access to accuse us even now. In this life, this dispensation, if you want to call it that— He, uh, we read in Job where he was even before God in heaven trying to petition all kinds of terrible things uh, toward Job, and he's an accuser. In other words, if you're trying to live for the Lord and put your trust and faith in the Lord, an accuser, a deceiver will come to you and say, hey, you can't be good enough. You're not good enough. God requires you to be good enough, but you can't be good enough.
1: And when I think of accuser, I think of somebody who might um, be telling you everything you did wrong. And so they'll say, you did this, you did this, you did that. And so he's going to tell you what you did wrong. And then he might even start telling you things that, Maybe aren't even wrong, but maybe you did or whatever. Because in other words, what he's doing, he's not only accusing, but he's lying. So he might even bring, think about this, false accusations. Now, that would never happen in today's world, would it?
0: (laughs) Even though he's an accuser and he's a big fat liar, so to speak, (laughs) we don't have to fall for that. And when we recognize the enemy coming against us, we can boot him out
2: absolutely and, uh,
0: the bible lets us know that we have authority over him because the power of the holy spirit lives within us so mm-hmm. he actually has no power over us because greater is god who is in us than the devil who is in the world
3: and i keep thinking about you know ephesians 6 12 where it says for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, you know, that we're in that struggle, that we're struggling with, you know, the devil as accuser and deceiver. And so we need to recognize that in our faith walks as we deal with making the right choices to walk with Christ.
2: Oh, good point, Don. I appreciate that. And um, we've got a scripture here He's not only a deceiver or accuser of brothers and sisters, and as Vicki pointed out, he's not only a liar, but he's a fat liar. And so, Pete, would you share with us John 8, 44? I might resemble that remark, fat, but um, I'll go ahead and share the scripture
1: anyway. This is Jesus speaking. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You
2: folks out there, if you don't know the Lord Jesus, the Bible tells us that today, now is the day of salvation. And so don't let Satan say you're not good enough. Don't let him deceive you. Don't let him lie to you. Um, Jesus wants all people to come to him, and he died for all. Well, the rest of our program, we want to talk a little bit about why. what are some of the excuses people use, or what's their rationale for declining to believe in or on Jesus, or even delaying, they're a decision to live for jesus um i suppose those are two different things to talk about delay really scares me because we never know how many days we have we don't even know if we have tomorrow do we that's right and you know one of the things that i wanted to share with you Mick, because it wasn't on your
1: notes but um just to go real quickly goes right along with that is one of the excuses that i have heard before is well, I want to have time to enjoy life first, Yeah. and then I'll then I'll give my life to the Lord. As though somebody knows that they are guaranteed to be able to uh, have that time to make that change at some point. Uh, I have heard that excuse.
2: Yeah, don't don't be reading or invest your faith in actuarial tables that said a normal life expectancy is this because. You know, you pick up the newspaper, if any of you still subscribe to newspapers or look at obituaries, um, people die in their 90s, they die in their 30s, and young children die. We simply don't know how long we're going to be around here. Well, let's look at some of the reasons. I'll start with this. Um, One of the reasons people give for delaying or declining to believe in Jesus for their salvation is that they feel like they're not ready. Uh, they're deluded. Uh, they, they will often say, well, I've got to clean up my act. I've got to get my house in order first before I would believe on Jesus because I I, I can't come to him like I am right now. And uh, If a person's older and has lived a sinful life for a long time, I don't know that they'd have enough time even by actuarial tables to go and apologize, ask forgiveness, or make restitution for a lifetime uh, of sinful living. But I want to share with you a scripture here, and I've already paraphrased it. 2 Corinthians 6 2 says, For he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation," unquote, from the the word there. So we may not have tomorrow, and the Lord wants us to be saved, to believe in him for the sake of our eternity, and do it now, today. We may not have tomorrow to make that commitment. And uh, right there, I think
1: we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor, and we'll be right back with the second half of today's episode of Reconciling Grace.
2: Welcome back to our program. You're listening to Reconciling Grace, and our topic today is actually part two of a subject entitled, Is Anyone Too Far Gone to Be Saved? We've been looking in this program at some of the reasons that people either delay a decision for Jesus or they just choose not to believe in Jesus for their salvation. The first one we looked at was people who felt like they needed to get ready to get their house in order, or a clean shop, and, and be ready to uh, approach God. The second reason... That we have listed here is feeling unworthy in other words the people would say to their self, themselves I've lived so terribly no one would accept me not even God and, and I was thinking about how uh, people can be mean to each other people may live in an environment where people are telling them they're no good or that they're inferior and if that's the feedback uh, shaping their self-concept they really need to focus on what God thinks of them and I've asked uh, Vicki to share a scripture here and anything else she wants to say first Timothy 1 15.
0: here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst you know, Mick, this was uh, written by the Apostle Paul. He was writing to Timothy and uh, giving him some instructions, pastoral instructions. And if anyone out there knows about the Apostle Paul, then he was persecuting Christians terribly. He thought all in the name of God. Yeah. He thought he was doing the right thing. So when he says that he is was the worst of sinners, at least before he became a Christian, Uh, He's speaking from experience, and I think that tells us in this topic here of feeling unworthy, and and as you said, the, the quote, I've lived so terribly, no one would accept me. Well, here is the Apostle Paul, who God not only accepted and saved his soul, but already had a plan for him to go and be a missionary and a preacher and to go out and spread the gospel of Christ and look how many books of the Bible that we have written from this man who was the worst of all sinners until Jesus got a hold of him.
2: Yeah, so if Paul would have believed that concept of himself of being the worst of sinners, he'd probably would say, I, I'm not worthy to do this, but God did say otherwise. And when you think about what some of the worst
1: type of sinning can be, I think there are a lot of people out there who would believe that the worst thing one human being can do to another is kill another one. Mm-hmm. And yet the Bible is very, very clear that Paul was standing there consenting to and even holding the cloaks of the people who were stoning stephen to death so in other words he was participating in the death of somebody he was as good as a murderer and so that is yes he was saying as bad as i was god forgave me
2: absolutely and i think we need to all realize that if we feel unworthy god may have a completely different uh view of us and can use us in his service Well, the next one on the list here I call a flawed view, uh, an incorrect view of Jesus as a, quote, hard master. And have you ever heard somebody say, I don't want to become a Christian because I I won't have any fun anymore. It's just a bunch of rules that hang around my neck like a millstone. And, uh, well, it's in the eye of the beholder but uh, let's look at what Jesus says. Uh, Pete, would you share with us Matthew 11, 29 to 30 and any comments you have? Sure, because Jesus says, Take my
1: yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And one of the things that I was thinking, Mick, when you were talking about, you know, maybe. Uh, not wanting to toe the line or whatever, how you, how you said it. Um, I was thinking a little bit differently. And part of it has to do with the way that I was raised, um, where every single time I didn't do something exactly right. Somebody always had to point out that one part that was wrong. Mm -hmm. And so for the longest time in my life, I honestly thought of Jesus as a hard taskmaster. And, and I'm going to share something here that people might not know about me. But as a child, and I'm talking, you know, even into my teen years, I was afraid of certain things, such as going into a dark place by myself. Mm-hmm. Because, and this is the because, I was afraid that I would suddenly see Jesus... And he would look at me and start telling me everything I had done wrong. Mm. Mm. And that was my concept of Jesus. And it took uh, a time of prayer and talking with a a counselor in college where I realized that if I were to see Jesus in a
2: dark place,
1: he'd probably hug
2: me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So it's important that we not only understand what God thinks of us, We need to understand the true nature and character of God. And I think a lot of our outlook gets shaped by what other people say. And I think we really need to focus upon scripture and what God thinks of us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, according to the word. That's
0: right. But, you know, they view Him as a taskmaster, or you've got all these rules that you have to live by but just as parents give their children rules to follow it's because they love them so much they know that this is what is best for them and so there are boundaries and there are guidelines and that's why god has instilled the the boundaries and the commands and the guidelines in the bible is because he has this deep love for everyone and he wants them to come to know him as their savior and to live a good life and that's why that's that's the real truth that he's not that taskmaster but that he is the the greatest person in your life that's going to love you more than anyone possibly could.
2: And I think the scripture says, if I could paraphrase it, that uh, he disciplines those he loves. Yes, goes along with what you're saying, Vicky. And so uh, we got to recognize that God always has our best interests at heart. Well, the next one I have is uh, basically says people are afraid to give their lives to Christ because they're worried that they might not be among uh, the elect. And I've asked Don to uh, give us a bit of commentary on this after he reads our verse, Romans
3: chapter 10 and verse 13. Don? All right. I know I got selected for my reformed theology. Thank you, Mick. You're welcome. (laughs) For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, And I always say when we deal with the doctrine of elect that we don't know whom God is electing and that we have to let God do the work and we just affirm who God is calling. So we really can't use that as an excuse of delaying a decision.
2: Yeah, I put that down there because I was watching a, a John MacArthur video. He does questions and answers with his uh, congregation sometimes. And a, a lady approached the microphone, her voice was quivering and she was shaking, and, and uh, she said, well, you know, I'm trying my best to live for Jesus, but what if I'm not one of the elect? And I think um, if, if people don't believe that God wants them in the fold, that uh, God wants them to give their lives to uh, Jesus for eternity in uh, salvation and eternal life, that that can uh, impact some decision-making there.
0: But I think the Scriptures, I think a lot of Scriptures point to this, but if we just had John 3.16, we would know that God elects everyone. He says, for God so loved the world that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. And it says whoever or everyone. And so as we were saying in our previous episode, uh, no one uh, has gone too far that everyone can be saved. It's just a matter of whether or not we're going to accept it.
2: Sure. Yes, um, let's look at another reason here too why somebody may delay or decline. This one falls more in the, along the lines of decline because we've talked about people this this far who actually believe there is a Jesus and there is a plan of salvation. They just don't want to make the the, the take the step or make the decision. But I've got here listed rebellion or hostility toward Jesus. Um, this is like the. Uh, the the spirit of antichrist i mean it's one thing to witness and try to persuade people to receive jesus if they believe there is a jesus but they believe there's something wrong with them it's a whole nother thing if you're talking to somebody who's just outright hostile and hates god and so um the scripture i've chosen here is first john 4 3 says, but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. You know, you really don't have to look too far to find people who are just openly rebellious toward God, shaking their fist at him, uh, so to speak. I was looking at television the other day in a news report, where it showed a video clip of people in Portland stacking up Bibles and burning them. They're hostile toward God, um, and they're hostile toward their Savior, the one who created them and gave them life. Um, They have no intention of giving their lives to Jesus amid this kind of, of hatred. Have you ever met people like that? I'm sure I've met them.
1: Um, I don't know that I've ever confronted them, but there are just people. And this is something that's hard for me to um, empathize with. Because even in my days when I wasn't consciously following Jesus, I always knew. Somebody had always told me that there is a Jesus, that there is a God. I mean, I can remember going back into my earliest days And knowing that there was a God, and I can't ever remember thinking that I was anything worthy of, um, you know, shaking my fist in God's face or something. So there are people who will just out and out lie, people who are out and out steal, people who will out and out murder. I don't understand those people, but they are
2: out there. You know, those are the cases where when I witness them, it actually hurts I mean, it grieves my spirit to see my Savior treated that way by others. And there's seems like such a gap. And it, it almost portrays these people as unreachable. But nonetheless, they're out there, and the Lord died for them too.
0: But I think that goes back to what we were talking about, the deceiver, earlier. And in our previous episode on this topic, um, Don had mentioned Ephesians chapter 6 and how we're not Really, warring against flesh and blood, but you know, uh, against the evil forces in this world. And I believe there's those evil Antichrist spirits that are coming up against people to influence them into rebellion and hatred and to not believe.
2: And I've uh, had to remind myself to view the people who are hostile like that in light of how God sees them. Um, and and the spiritual, uh, the adversaries work in, in their life because of the enemy of our souls. It truly
0: helps us to deal with people better if we grasp hold of that scripture from Ephesians and know that there is evil working against people that are working against us, and it helps us to love them more.
2: Well, you know, this uh conversation kind of goes along with the next reason i had listed here why people delay or decline to believe in jesus is because satan uh in addition to being a deceiver an accuser and a liar uh, he's got a blinding power and uh vicki would you share second corinthians 4 4 for us
0: the god of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God.
2: Yes. Satan has a blinding power. Uh, And sometimes it's hard to understand why people would choose to decline to live for for Jesus and accept the gift of salvation. But this clearly tells us that he can blind people. They can't think straight. Is that a way
1: to... Sure, I think so. And and I think that it's also very indicative here of the fact that there truly is a spiritual realm, even in this world, that people don't want to acknowledge. There is a God. There is a Satan. But it's God's way. Jesus is the way. And in fact, Mick, uh, you had shared this scripture with us that I think we're going to have to close with just because of time here, that Jesus said, John fourteen six. Jesus said about himself... I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And we need to come to Jesus because he is the way to God the Father. So for Mick Wells, who led our discussion today, for Vicki Cundiff, for Pastor Mac Don McDonald, this is Pete Vecchi, and I want to thank everybody for joining us for another episode of Reconciling Grace, and I hope you will all know Jesus as Lord and Savior.